How are we doing, everybody? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader. And today we are bringing you some of the latest esports, crypto, and NFT news. But before we get started, a word about our sponsor, EMP.money. Jacob? Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan, for that introduction. I think some of you who have been to the podcast before, you'll notice we have a new overlay uh, on our production. That overlay is new from EMP Money. Uh, so it, it tells you quite a bit. It's about a minute long if you follow it through word by word. Uh, and there's definitely stuff to learn in that little overlay. As for general updates from EMP, I think the biggest one is probably that, that Splinterlands actually added EMP as a payment option, right? Which means that you can take your winnings from EMP and go buy Splinterlands cards, which is awesome. Uh, the team also completely redid their detonator contract. Uh, the detonator is one of the you know, biggest parts of the EMP ecosystem. It's a return on investment contract where you put in money, it's locked. Uh, you're given a little bit of it every day to either grow your balance or just claim it and take it as earnings. Uh, and the new UI and just kind of improvements are cool. It's uh, it's a really solid contract. Uh, it's been up for about six months at this point. Um, and if you just go to the, the EMP money website and click on the detonator link, you'll see just how cool this UI is. Um, they added a win it now button to the detonator, which allows someone to just put in 2% of the total volume, which in today's dollars would be about $100,000. Um, and they automatically get that $100,000 back. Uh, you know, EMP basically adds it to their balance. Um, and then they can ROI on that double deposit. Um, so pretty cool stuff. A lot of innovation happening at EMP Money. Um, glad to have them as a partner. They really are making waves, man. I mean, they, they've joined up with one of the biggest blockchain games that you can get with right now. And uh, they just keep proving themselves every single day for themselves and their community. So go check them out, emp.money. It's a great site, great, uh, great purpose with what they're doing. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, this is not official financial advice, but I know Jacob's been a part of what they've been doing now for a while. And uh, it sounds like Jacob isn't disappointed. So that, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, we'll get started here in just a moment. Jacob casually in uh, one of the uh, local rooms at a WeWork and or uh, local apartment. We're just chilling. We're just chilling. We'll uh, Ryan edit here. Anyways, folks, we'll get going in just a moment here. Brief, brief pause, brief pause from Jacob. Brief pause. Well, the happenings lately in terms of uh, esports, well, well, we'll be getting into them. Crypto, we'll be getting into that as well, as well as NFTs. Funny, you know, they say that the NFT market's going to go under. They say that it's not going to be doing as well as it as it was. Well, it's still going. It's still going. And uh, funny enough, there are still people buying NFTs at, at massive rates. I mean, it's it's funny. Although, although I gotta say, these uh, NFTs being sold and shilled by celebrities, we'll we'll get to it today. We'll get to it today. It's um, it's a little confusing. A little uh, dare I say interesting per se 
I mean, you know, who's to say that an NFT being shilled by Snoop Dogg is legit? If Snoop may not even know, you know, who knows? Who knows? All good. All How good. Are uh, so totally All right. good, man. Totally good. We'll get, we'll get started now. All good. Bye. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, starting off the day, number one, eSports. TSM, League of Legends, having to ban their former coach, Peter Zhang, after accusations that the coach was diverting funds from player salaries. And, uh, you know, they did an internal investigation and found that this was true. Yeah, I read about this, actually. Pretty crazy. Yeah, come on. How low (laughs) can you get, like... Yeah. You're not as good as those players, but you can coach them well and they can respect you. But, man, I feel like you probably lose all respect from your players and from your team and from everybody else in the community. Everybody, like everybody. I mean, this is uh, this is crazy. He stole 250K from two players. Um, those players are getting paid a lot of money, though. Uh, I think this is, you know, it's pretty clear. Well, well the players are paid so much, like no one can keep up, right? Well, that's the thing, though. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, there's a reason why, like, Tyler One, for example, is not a professional player. Yeah. You know, he plays every day 12-plus hours, just like any other esports pro. Thing is, is that he's going to make way more money on Twitch than he is with a professional contract. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's different. Yeah, there's, these players some are so... funny. Yeah. Uh, other, exactly. A lot of the other best gamers in the world aren't really as funny as T1. That's true. That's it's very true. Very true. Well, Tyler, you know, Tyler doesn't take the uh, the pro contracts, but other people may. And you're right. They may make a pretty penny. But at the end of the day, you know, we we all agree stealing from players and people in general to to give yourself to pad your own wallet. Yeah, probably not. the yeah, best this is idea. crazy, man. Probably not the best idea. If I'm being honest here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, permanent ban. I'm not surprised. The Pokemon company bans people for way less than that. So, you know. Um, I mean, this guy's got to be banned from, like, all of esports forever. So, Hopefully. I mean, hopefully. this is, like, crazy. Stole his players' money. Yeah, it's that's a lot of money to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, just um, just going to casually take 250K from a couple players. Nope. No biggie. They won't notice the, you know. The lack in numbers in their paychecks, right? Something like that. I mean, or or from payouts. I assume, I have to assume it's probably from payouts or something like that. I mean, kind of reminds me of the Tinder swindler. The Tinder swindler. That's a Netflix documentary. But gotcha. this guy was basically saying that they'd be paid back by a Chinese entity in due time. Uh, maybe he may have promised some sort of premium. But uh, that, those were never his intentions, and I, you know you can't just play around with the rules of money like that. Oh yeah, I think he was kind of doing it like you know outside anyone at TSM's knowledge, just with the players directly. Because I think he held a pretty high role at TSM, head of player development. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's that is a big deal. I mean, you, people people have entrusted in you to you know, I guess you know develop players, right? And then you're like, oh yeah, just gonna casually take money? No, 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 no. Yeah. Get out of here, Peter. Get out. Get out of here. Okay. Peter's gone. Speaking of players, how about players' privacy, huh? 
uh, T1, the team has come out and said, please, people, <laughs> for the love of God, we know that you love these players, but do not show up outside of their house. Respect their privacy. Yeah. T1 putting out yeah. this official statement saying that they have numerous reports of esports fans showing up outside their players' houses. It's like, why? Yeah, this this used to be a big problem with, like, FaZe oh, back yeah. in... 2015 when people would show up to their house in new york state show up to um you know wherever they were living for this summer uh to me this spells you know it it kind of brings out one of the fundamental pillars of why esports is popular and to me you know i would be really worried if i was an esports team um because there's not much affiliation to the team all the affiliation is to the team's players Right. People don't love watching T1 play League of Legends. They love watching specific players on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of alludes to the nature of a decentralized network where you're attracted to the individuals and the um, corporations and, and the you know people who house those individuals. They don't really play that big of a role or much of an important role. So no one's showing up to the T1 facility being like oh i love t1 they're showing people's houses i think that's pretty important yeah that's a good distinction to make you know you can't show up to a company right you can show up to its headquarters but no one's gonna care but you can show up to someone's personal you know private housing apartment condo whatever and be a creep don't do it don't do it respect their privacy yeah yeah well i thought it was kind of funny to include in here Speaking of, you know, play, players are just, it's a hard time to be an esports player. Get paid a ton of money to game professionally, bro. It's a hard time. Yeah, I know. S- speaking of being a gamer in uh, constant fear of your game getting banned, completely different change of subject. I know the uh, government of India, once again, uh, is banning PUBG from uh, from their players, from their mobile gamers. Um, and, you know, this is... This is not good news with uh, game bans by the Indian government. It's not the first time they've done this, but more specifically, China. Uh, well, China used to have be like the producing company for PUBG, and India was like, "Yeah, th- we're not going to allow a game made by China in our company, or sorry, in our in our country." And so, the game was like, "Okay, well, we'll just get acquired by a different company, not based in China." And so they did that, and then India was still like, no, that's not acceptable. And so really the, the banning of PUBG is not over the game itself. It's just over, like, high-level bureau- bureaucracy-type stuff, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little weird to hear as a gamer, but uh, this, this, this article's title does have uh, an implication to it, which is, you know, how seriously does this affect esports growth? Well, we do know that, you know, India is one of the most populous places in the world next to China, right? And so when you think about that and you think about how big mobile gaming is in India, India really controls the mobile gaming market alongside China. Like, but besides the United States, like India is like top tier when, when it comes to mobile gaming just because people can get access to smartphones a whole lot easier than they can a laptop computer, a, you know, a desktop, that sort of stuff. And so with that, when you are banning PUBG, such a major game, 
again and again and again and other games as well just because of where they're where they're from and who made them right it's like it's like the united states trying to ban tiktok because the company that runs tiktok is from russia right yeah um it, it does it does hurt esports however from a political standpoint i i can't blame the government for being like yo uh we're we're trying to be really careful when it comes to china you know doing some weird stuff and yeah who knows i mean subliminal messaging is real right uh, you never know yeah. what, what a country can do i mean everything can be propaganda let me just put it like that propaganda yeah. can be in everything and i think any country is weary of any other country doing something to their citizens and people that they don't want i think i think this ban is a lot of it has to do with data i think uh the indian government doesn't want PUBG storing data in china right they want the data to be stored in india right they don't want their data you know their player data which is important it's you know information about their citizens going to a company that stores the data in china where it can be easily accessed by those governments potentially um so it's interesting it looks like it's kind of a war over you know it, it said that the ban was likely temporary uh, and it's based on compliance, and, and that makes sense, right? That you know their compliance team does not want a large amount of their players' information to go to China. Um, so I think it, this is interesting. I think we'll see more of this. You know, the conglomerate spinning out versions of their game, where their you know the subsidiaries that house those games are located in the region in which the games are meant to operate. Right? They have a whole PUBG India game. Right, that's a separate game that goes live in 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 Russia or in uh, the U.S. Um, so it's interesting. I think we'll see more of this custom games for regions that just fit how they want to operate. Hey, if you can find the buyer for it, it's worth it. I'm sure. It's it's worth it. I'm, it's worth it. It is yeah. true though that mobile esports in India are huge. It is crazy to be honest how well these fun these phones run these games now. Uh, I remember trying to play zombies on my iPad. I, I oh, yeah. Yep, same. Years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Like, you can, like, Call of Duty looks good on the phone now. Uh, one other one that I played recently was Wild Rift, right? That's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a League of Legends guy. I can't figure out how to get my creep score up uh, when I need to kill the, <laughs> the PvE guys. There's a lot of intricacies to it. Um, so I'm learning. But, uh, it's it's a well built game for sure. I'm as you know, I'm a huge league fan, and uh, yeah, it's 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 cool to see. It's cool to see phones just be able to do so much these days. I'm still a little tilted by the fact that like you're like trying to do all the controls on your screen, not with a keyboard, not with a controller. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, there's some there's some auto targeting, which, which I, I gotta say, I mean, it may help, but I don't love that either. I don't know. It's it's a little yeah. weird. It's a little weird. Anyway, what it, what what are the best characters in in League of Legends right now? Oh man, it you know, it's kind of hard to say because like every every few months they release a new champ, right? And with every yeah. new champ, every player goes, "Wow, that player that character is broken." They yeah. keep releasing new broken characters every <laughs> single time, and wow. it's true. They they keep releasing new characters that just get more and more powerful 
Now, if you get really good at a champion, I think that anything can be deemed a threat and really good. Yeah. Right? Like the top players in the world could go play Aurelian Soul, which is a uh, a champion that has been due for a, re- a rework for a very long time. Yeah. But uh, the, the team said recently that they had to delay it, uh, I think, to late 2022, if not 2023. Because they just did a rework on Udyr. Uh, and it looks really good. It looks really good, but um, it it all de- kind of all depends on like what role. I know that this season, this and the few patches that have come out, it's been really big for like mages like Lux or Seraphine. Uh-huh. Um, Morgana's feeling pretty good how's, too. How's Lucian in the meta? You know, Lucian is not too prevalent. I'm gonna be honest. Um, Senna is like ridiculously cracked. Samira has been really good. Ash has actually been pretty good as well. Um, Tom Kench ADC has actually been really popular, <laughs> which is really funny. He's like a tank, right? He well, he is like a tank, except that his uh, his W or uh, I think it's his E, uh, the the shielding. I think it's the W. When there are two or more players present on your team, your shielding goes from a fifty percent like getting health back when you take damage to 40 or 45 percent even 50 percent so like you take a ton of damage and then if there's someone else nearby it heals back like 50 percent of that damage um that used to be just regular without someone nearby and then they nerfed it but now in the bot lane with tom kench where kench started out way back in the day um it's it's pretty cool it's pretty so he plays with a he, he he's like the is the bot lane and the duo lane the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's okay. only one duo lane right now. Bot lane. Cool. For now. For now, yeah. Okay. This next article might be a little hard for you to access, Jacob, but I have read it over. It's about Netflix and their games and their gaming platform. So a little while ago, uh, met actually a few years ago, uh, before COVID, Netflix came out and said, listen, uh, we're losing subscribers, not just to Disney+, Plus, not just to HBO, not just to Hulu. We are losing more subscribers and watchers to Netflix, to Fortnite, rather than another streaming publisher. And so Netflix said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start up Netflix Games. Now, I actually came across a random TikTok the other day talking about said subject and i was like what is this like what is going on looked into it here we are netflix is quietly producing games based off of its tv shows and then putting them onto the app store for people to play uh under like netflix games and so they've Mm -hmm. they've dropped a few already but they're planning to have at least 50 games out by the end of the year and they really are trying to become a serious contender but, uh, I mean, you know, they're trying to base some, some big titles off of their game or off of their shows. Although, I swear to God, I feel like, you know, there is already a Witcher game out there. You know what I mean? Like, I I just don't know personally. Uh, but, you know, they are quietly but surely and steadily trying, really, really trying to, to get themselves out there in terms of... Uh, being yeah. a, a name in gaming, which is, is going to be tough because, you know, they were the OG like, yo, I want daddy daycare in the mailbox sent to my house 
to watch for like a couple days to then send back. Okay. Yeah. From that to now I can watch daddy daycare online. Great. Awesome. And now no one knows what daddy daycare is because no one's watching Netflix. Okay. <laughs> so that's my, that's my point. That's it. That's all I yeah. got to say. They had a, a super big rise and they've had a pretty heavy fall so far. And for some reason their CEO thinks that their, their bailout is going to be gaming. Yeah, I don't know if they're making the right types of games, right? You know, Fortnite pulled so many people from Netflix because Fortnite's a social network, right? The games that they're building look to be incredibly disjointed, and they look to be, like, not even in a specific genre, right? They're not multiplayer games, right? They don't have the infrastructure yet to build a a real multiplayer game. but And it looks like games that people will just, you know, play, spend maybe an hour on, and then either they beat it, uh, or they, they delete it, right? This doesn't look like it's monetizable in the way that Fortnite was, right? They're not developing any sort of community around their games. There's no, it's like a one and you're done system for every game. So I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't look successful to me right off the bat, but we'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. That's it. Uh, I don't think it's going to go very far. Uh, I think there have been recent uh, studies and things done saying, like, what do gamers prefer these days? People still do like these single-player story RPG-like games. I mean, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the title Stray, Jacob, but it it did just come out earlier uh, this month or later last month. follows the story of a a cat and a series Mm -hmm. of cats that go along, and it's actually quite heartbreaking at the end. I I don't want to spoil anything, but... um, you're literally just playing a cat. I've, I've been looking at the reviews. It looks like it's the high, the best reviewed game of all time. Yeah, for for right now, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good, pretty good game. So Dang, yeah, I'll take it up. Oh yeah, for sure. Stray. It's uh, it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty spicy. Okay, all speaking right, awesome. of spicy, uh, diving into the uh, let's see here, into the NFC scene real quick, um. <laughs> New project has taken, well, taken the NFT scene by storm. Crypto dick butts, Ethereum NFTs surge 690% in daily sales. So this was a Series 3 floor price that had climbed pretty prominently. Uh, It was shilled and praised. Um, They call themselves the CDB community. Good for them. Now, uh, at the time of this article, you know, they were writing uh, at around 290 ETH had been traded, catapulting this project to number six for the day above Goblin Town, Cool Cats, Art Blocks, that sort of stuff. Pretty, pretty funny if I, if I do say so myself. Uh, this is definitely like a funny a funny thing and crypto yeah. dick butts actually go back a long time so they're created by comic book artist casey green in 2006 uh, and wow. you know they've been a recognizable part of internet culture uh, especially for reddit and so the og collection for this was released with 161 nfts on ethereum and then was followed up uh, with a series three of 5200 nfts in august of last year now, the cheapest crypto dick butt uh, currently sells for 3 ETH or a little over $5,100 uh, at the time of writing, which is huge. Um, yeah. 
someone said crypto dick butts are the most absurd thing in crypto and that's why they're pumping i think goblin town is still way more absurd uh, it it is way more absurdist than cdb so that's uh, all just, i gotta say uh, on on the crypto dick butts website they go how do i mint a, you know they have an faq section and one of the questions is how do i mint a crypto dick butt and the response is what are you 12 um so they're playing off the same culture as uh goblin town it is interesting that they were released so long ago and so few right 160 in the first pack um this actually looks okay to me this looks like it could be a good nft in the long run right uh the reddit thing is interesting if it's really used as an emoji on reddit that can be valuable right um you know reddit we'll get to it later but they just you know they're getting into the crypto scene too um this is interesting i don't really have three ETH that i feel like investing in one of this but uh it's interesting. I'll I'll pay attention to it. I probably won't. It's probably gonna die out if I'm being honest. I mean, maybe not, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a fad. It's a it's a I think it's a pump and dump, bro. I think it's a maybe. pump and dump. I mean, it's you crypto dick butts, bro. I I, don't, I mean, true. You never know, <laughs> right? You never know. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they do, what they do. Speaking of pump and dumps, um, several celebrities have been handed warning notices by the FTC, Federal Trading Commission. Um, a watchdog group basically has reached out to several celebrities saying, hey, by the way, you still have to publicly say that you make money somehow or some way when pumping an NFT. And so several celebrities have done this over the past few years now. Uh, including Jimmy Fallon, Snoop Dogg, uh, Lady Gaga, some others. Um, they're like, listen, you're cool, but you're not cool enough to get away with not telling us about if you're making money or not. Yeah, this is very true. They do need to disclose their position because it's a securities guideline. Exactly. Right? It, turns it, in, it turns it into security when they're, uh, you know, if they don't own the NFT – and they are, oh, who even knows? But when they actually make a comment saying, you know, if Paris Hilton ever says this NFT is going to go up 20%, oh, yeah. that automatically deems the NFT a security uh, just because it's it's basically her network working without the the, the written consent of the, the publisher in, in some way to increase the price. Um, I was wondering about this. Like, how big of a deal is it that these guys are promoting these NFTs and how does it play into securities law? So it looks like someone's taking it pretty seriously. Yeah, man, it's um, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. So got to love watchdog groups, right? Got to got to love these groups watching out for uh, the general public, the average consumer, because the average consumer is dumb. They are uneducated, even educated average consumers they uh, yeah it looks like they follow the scene pretty closely right they guess they sent justin bieber a couple letters because of his involvement in other projects that yep. he didn't disclose his ownership in um it's cool it's interesting let us know if you're making money okay other people want to know other people want to know aka the government because the government yeah. wants to make money off of them making money Absolutely. off of the people so Anyways, okay, up next, um, this is really cool. So NF Tiff, Tiffany's putting out official 
CryptoPunk pendants. Crazy crossover. Wow. They all Dang, sell out. Cool. It's beautiful looking. Talk about a collaboration, right? That is crazy. Talk about some real world value, bro. Your NFT, imagine this, right? Imagine if they said to you, look, you can cash in your NFT for a physical representation of your NFT in Tiffany Diamonds. That's or crazy. Whatever, whatever it's made out of. I assume it's Tiffany Diamonds, something like that. Here's the thing, though. Do you value your NFT more than the physical item, right? If, if they were to do that, now, I'm not saying they are. But I'm just I'm just suggesting, you know, if there was a trade off here. Yeah, I think it could be interesting. Why would Tiffany's need up like twenty five hundred crypto punks if they were to trade like that? I don't know. Yeah. Again, so you, you don't trade your NFT for the piece of art. No, but it is an interesting just, thing. to Just do. suggesting, is you know, if, if there was that trade, because I think this is a thing that we've seen before when it comes to physicalized items of nfts uh, especially in the trading card industry right so there's there was a i can't remember what the company was called but way back when we first started we talked about how you know this company was like look you you can have an nft version of a psa 10 pikachu and we will keep the physical version in our vault and at any time you can cash in your nft and get your physical item mailed to you yeah. right like that's that's what I think back to, and so I look at this and I go, "Wow, a CryptoPunk pendant! That's so cool." Although, if I went to a CryptoPunk meetup and they saw my pendant and went, "Wow, you sell out! You sold your, you sold your CryptoPunk for the pendant," I'd, I'd still be like, "Well, I do own the pendant now, right?" And it's like, "Well, I guess, but not the, not the actual NFT anymore." You know, it'd be weird. It'd be weird. I I can see why that wouldn't happen, but still, it'd be cool. Absolutely. So, again, talk about uh, talk about cool stuff with CryptoPunks. Although, there's something else happening with CryptoPunks, too, that should be talked about. Uh, this next article, a slice of the punk? CryptoPunk <laughs> to be split up into 56,000 pieces for split ownership over an NFT. Yeah, that's cool. With several different blockchain addresses being, yeah, I mean, this is, this is weird. I think this is weird. Like, this is a, this is. I don't. I'm afraid that this could be the next step in evolution for like NFT ownership, which I don't think it's good. I think this is fucking terrible. I'm going. Mm -hmm. I'm swearing. Okay, this is terrible. Right. This. This is all. This is. Is I feel like this is like how how the housing economy is. It's like. Are you rich? Can you buy a house? Go buy a house. Now I will rent out my house. Does it have multiple units? Yes. I will rent out multiple units and fractionalize the building that I own in order to make the most profit off of the people that are renting from me. Right? Where does the money go when you fractionalize an NFT? Right? What percentages are going to the owner of said NFT? And what yeah. percentages are going to the company that owns CryptoPunks? Right? This this is pretty big. Seem like, it doesn't seem like there's a a good way to slice it because there's not like revenue coming in because you own the crypto pump, right? Also, when you're slicing it, are like, you know, are you getting a pixel? Like that's <laughs> that's what I want to know too. 
what the That's fuck funny. is a slice of a crypto punk what does that look yeah, like i don't right? know you know maybe the the 56,000 wallets form a dow and they can collectively vote on when to sell the asset the asset that's interesting but like i mean come on you you I don't know. It works a lot better with a house and, you know, divvying it up and renting it out on Airbnb than it does a crypto asset that doesn't really have fully fleshed out use cases yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't like this. I think it's interesting, but not good. Not a fan. I don't want to see fractionalized ownership of NFTs unless it's for something like, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I, I just don't like this. This seems sketchy to me. I feel like, I feel like you know, if you're the IRS or the the FTC, right? You're like, okay, so uh, you know, how are we classifying securities? And then all of a sudden, someone, all of a sudden, someone goes, oh, by the way, fifty six thousand people, more than the total amount of people who own CryptoPunks in their community, right? Fifty six thousand people now own into this one. Imagine having to do the taxes and the and figuring out. All of the money stuff around that being a security, if it would would be deemed so, with all plan. of those people, I would I would be like, fuck it, you know, just ban <clears> this shit because I I, I would I wouldn't want to deal with the uh, sounds like a nightmare. The accounting aftermath and nightmare of that just sounds so so gross. Absolutely. So, which is why I mean I'm not surprised that you know the federal federal commission of of anything right IRS any SEC. Like they look at NFTs and they're like, "What the hell is going on? This is, this is a marvel to modern accounting and and mathematics that, you know, a lot of people do have figured out now. But when it first started, especially me too, like, how do you buy an NFT, right? And then from there, okay, how do you determine the worth of said NFT? Oh, proportional to the U.S. dollar. Okay, cool. Oh, but then the market decides to drive up the cost of the NFT, so it rises. Uh, okay. And then how much money do I make off of that? Do I have to sell it or do I am I making money off of it just because it sits there in my wallet? Right? You know, how how do you determine how much money has been made on on the security if it's de- if it's deemed a security, right? All of these ifs, what's buts, yeah. you know, it's it's I'm not I'm glad I'm not working that job. I'll tell you yeah. that. I'm glad I'm not working I, that I remember job. it reminds me of the fact that uh maybe three months ago Sotheby's was supposed to do an auction for like 50 punks and it just got canceled at the last minute i remember Someone that pulled out. yeah um, but this stuff it's gonna raise a lot of questions and it's gonna be really difficult to do exactly what you said figure out what you actually are liable for in terms of taxes in terms of anything right is anything recognized profit you know what is capital gain um there's uh there's there's a lot of stuff going on right now that's not regulated and people are you know benefiting from that, but how you know someone's gonna get screwed over when the the regulations start. Speaking of getting screwed over, Cameo CEO Stephen Galanis um, basically had his uh, had his uh, board ape uh, stolen from him. So the word on the street is is that. His Apple ID and stuff got hacked into, and then he had his seed phrase stored somewhere on his iCloud, and then they got into his wallet. He saw the trade on Twitter and then quote tweeted and goes, yo, my shit got hacked. (laughs) 
I mean, Dang. time and time again, people. No way. Oh, that's so sad. He saw the board, saw the board ape yacht. Board ape bot. Yeah. Dang. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Pretty cool board ape, if I do say so myself, too. He dropped like 300K initially when he bought it as well. Like, that that's a lot of money. Although, if I was the Cameo CEO, I'll make a bank right now. Off of all these celebrities just, you know, making these fun messages and more, right? Mm-hmm. It's a hilarious website. I don't know if you've ever used it or ever seen. <laughs> I know what it is, it. yeah. Uh, I, I have some YouTubers that love to just abuse the heck out of that website. You know, I never did before he passed away, but Gilbert Gottfried was a well-known Cameo user. And I really wish I had gotten gotten him to say some stuff before he passed away on camera because, man, uh, that guy was too funny too funny but yeah uh, once again the board ape yacht club you know what what the heck man i mean it, it's it's really on steven and uh whatever he did to allow his board ape to get stolen and traded but still this company and this 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 nft is has so much controversy around it constantly when it comes to people getting hacked people getting stuff stolen from them it's like great awesome yeah that you know getting into his apple id i mean that's that's tough i mean you know to apple locks that shit down yeah. so you really you really had to make it easy for somebody because Gosh, it's getting me worried now yeah <laughs> getting you worried man unless you got a board ape in your wallet i don't think you got anything to worry about well, I, I just mean like i mean the, the amount of stuff that people are hacking to get these nfts right Hey, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is for now. It, for now, it is what it is. Although, you know what? Uh, there is something more troubling than uh, people hacking to get NFTs. That is uh, what NFTs actually don't belong to you. Our next article talks about the GameStop NFT uh, marketplace, which, you know, uh, last month was under fire for selling an NFT, which was basically... Uh, a redepicted picture of a man falling from a building from 9-11. That was taken down, but uh, there's actually a bigger problem now, and it comes to the ownership of the NFTs that this person has been selling. You're like, well, what what are you talking about, Ryan? Well, it turns out that this creator on the platform has been taking HTML5 games and like making them into an NFT to sell on the blockchain. And the problem is, is that once they're on the blockchain, they're on the blockchain. So the the problem is, is that the people who own the games that this guy has been like putting on to sell as NFTs are like, yo, we own these games. Take them down. And GameStop's like, uh, it's on the blockchain. Like it, it's on there for, for like forever. And these companies yeah. are like, well, we're going to have an issue. We're going to have a problem, GameStop, because... You and, and the person putting these on here do not own these games. We own these games. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. What can GameStop even do now? I Depending, don't know. You know, they can if if the the NFT was only usable on you know the UI of the GameStop website or the UI of some centralized blockchain, they can block it on that blockchain. But if it was built to be used strictly on ETH, then they, I don't think they can really block it. But any interface that allows you to read NFTs 
will be able to scan it and say, okay, here's the game. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, you know, it's a really big problem when people take stuff that's not theirs and put it into an NFT because the NFT can't really go anywhere. Yeah. But the, you know, it's just like when the exchanges need to come in because of government intervention, right? That's what the same, you know, some centralized layer of the blockchain will say, okay, you know, on our, on our database, you can't play these games. Yeah. Well, that's the hope, right? That, that is the hope. So, Absolutely. uh, yeah, uh, good luck to the companies that own those HTML5 games, but, man, the, the NFT world is a wild and wacky place with lots of fun people saying, what's a copyright? What, what, what is that? You don't <laughs> own shit. Yeah. I own it now. This, this is my NFT. This is my NFT. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Last but certainly not least, I know we've got an extra topic today. Reddit expands their community points offering with an FTX pay integration. So please, Jacob, can, can you go into this a little bit? Because it's not stuff that I am too knowledgeable about. I'm not an average Reddit user, but I know I do have Reddit points. What can those do for me now? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, what, what I saw it as is basically, you know, Reddit karma will be turned into some sort of currency uh, that can be basically traded on blockchains. I don't know if that's actually what's going on. It looks like it's a lot of it, you know, has to do around the fact that Reddit wants people to be able to spend in crypto on their app, right? It's saying uh, that Reddit users will be able to purchase ETH directly on the app in order to pay network fees on different blockchains. Gotcha. So who knows? Maybe this is turning Reddit into an interface that can engage with blockchains. I don't know. Because Reddit's not built on the blockchain right now. But there's no. no need to pay gas fees. But it could be the case that Reddit takes a blockchain and puts all of their information on there. Uh, and that's what they use to determine points and, and Reddit karma and stuff like that. It, it could spell big things for the integration of Reddit and crypto. Okay. Uh, yep. I, I, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I'm surprised to this day that Reddit still exists. I mean, really? no other grand forum truly is around anymore. Facebook is working off of the forum dynamic, but it is still not a forum. It is just an endless feed of information, right? Mm -hmm. um, Discord actually has started implementing forum-like features into their, you know, into their app, but it is still an endless chat of information versus stored subjects in a forum. I mean, when I was younger, I used to belong to this Halo fan forum. I was a huge Halo player. And every day after school for hours, I'd talk to friends, play Halo with people afterwards. Like, I would hang out on there all the time. I remember this very clearly. And yeah. then forums started dying, going out of fashion. People didn't go to them anymore to talk. They... They were going to Discord or, or different chatting sites, Skype, whatever. And then they died out. The forum to this day is still there, but it's nothing compared to Reddit or like 4chan or 8chan or whatever those sites are. 
I feel like those sites only get away with still being around because there are enough weirdos and creeps to still like keep them going. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, weird. The, it's weird. The forums can get dangerous. And I don't really know. It, it must just be a really good mod, mod, moderation strategy as to why Reddit has survived for this long. Because Reddit threads are pretty safe, right? You, when you go there, you're, you know, when I go to our NFL, I, I know people are talking about the NFL. Oh, um, yeah. When I go to cryptocurrency or Ethereum or where, wherever, you know, it's just developed such a good reputation. And I think that's powerful for Reddit. It's got a really good reputation. Um, they've gotten smart they're bots i mean they don't even have well they have like irl mods right but their their bots have gotten so good at picking up the slightest thing and you know i'm gonna be honest they don't make it easy to post right uh they every forum really does have rules and stipulations on posting and they will they will they will they are not afraid to flag and take down your post if they think that there's even the most like tiniest bit of uh something weird going on so it's good for them but still it's uh i think it's a perfect company to do blockchain integrations in in some way because everyone on reddit is in some way savvy right they know something about something that they you know either want to learn more about or help others oh yeah and it's a good network of a lot of you know interaction a lot of room for a cryptocurrency to thrive with just how many clicks people make when they are on reddit Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Well said. Thanks for sharing, Jacob. Folks, that's all we got time for today. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Esports Forever. Uh, please follow us on our audio listening platforms. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop a comment. Drop a like. Let us know what you want to know about next. Hear about that sort of stuff. Thank you so much to all, to all of our supporters. And once again, a big shout out to EMP.Money, uh, our wonderful sponsor for any of our esports tournaments, as well as our uh, podcasts as well. Until next time, we out.